Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com or you're subscribed, leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you very much, everybody who does that, especially. And as promised, Chris is back. The C and CNJ Radio. Yeah, hi. Sorry, I thought that was my cue. Yes, it's been sorry. a while. Yes, and I I don't have you been on the show since last year? Uh no, I don't know. Really? Cuz we didn't do the Halloween one this year. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. yeah. I was a little I was a little busy then. I was yeah. getting ready to get married and all that stuff. Right. How how dare I? No, I'm just kidding. But uh thank you so much for coming back on on the show, Chris. It's an honor. Of course. Yeah. And couldn't do the show without you once again. This is the reason why you were listening to the show. I always say that much to uh Chris's slight embarrassment, but no show without Chris. He's, uh, you know, guy behind the guy, behind the guy, I guess. I don't know. Thanks. <laughs> behind the curtain. Behind the curtain for most shows. Yes. But a very important and integral part of Rock Strikes 10. But let's get into the actual theme of the show. You might realize, for your longtime friends of the show, what time it is of the year. Once again, it is WrestleMania season, and it's time for Rock and Wrestling Part 2. Yes. I'm excited. I am excited, actually. Yeah. And my voice may not show that inflection, but yes, I am. It's it's, it's quite all right, Chris. <laughs> and uh, it was it was a struggle because I was very proud of last year's show. I, I don't know. I, I didn't get a ton of feedback about it, to be quite honest. But I think we came up with ten really cool songs that tied into pro wrestling itself. And before anybody yeah. out there who may be a new listener, or uh, you know, or whatever, you're not a pro wrestling fan. It's okay. And you might actually still like this episode. That's yeah. kind of the whole point. I think that's the difficult balance to try and find is people that aren't fans try and find... Because you want to please the people that are fans. They're like, hey, yeah, I remember that song. But you want them to be good songs so people won't just tune out, too. So Yeah, and I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, with maybe Sans one or two songs, but I'm almost positive that every song we played on last year's episode, and that's a plug for last year's episode, mm-hmm. everybody was at least on the track involved in an actual wrestler. Right. With doing multiple shows of this, it kind of leads into memories of. Right. And that's what more of this volume two is like. It's not a poor man's volume. It's just <laughs> different than last year. Right. There will be some direct wrestling involvement in some of these yeah. songs, but uh, I, I kind of went with licensed songs that uh, give uh, myself and Chris a memory of watching somebody from right. any particular era. And also, for non-fans, I think you're going to enjoy the music regardless. Everybody just sit back and or turn it up, basically. Maybe you're at the gym. This is going to help. Yeah, I think this will put a little pep in your step, mm. as the great Teddy Long would say. Put this on my phone and run to it this next week. Yeah. You've been doing running? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, just like Tyson. Yeah. You do night running? Uh, no, not there yet. Okay, so th- that's next level <laughs> stuff. Right, but you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get there, yeah, yeah. But for someone like me that definitely needs to get out there, I'm going to I'm gonna try to hit the bike a little bit uh, pretty soon here. And getting into the DDP yoga. Yes. 
I'm committing this year for sure. So maybe I should, I need some sort of ownership for that, you know, like, so I won't fall off. Maybe you listeners can, uh, you know, uh, bother me about that. Ask me how my progression is. Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's get to the damn music. (laughs) Uh, you know, at its, at its very basic core, what music meant to wrestling is basically just to give the person coming out uh, something to pump them up or pump the fans up, or actually both. Both, yeah, a lot of times. Uh, and I'm sure, especially back in the day before the whole corporate thing, it it was like they just picked this song because they liked it and mm-hmm. it made sense for them. Maybe they had a personal uh, feeling towards maybe a lyric in there that just hit them right. Right. And I think that's how they used to pick them back in the day. This is one of those examples. This is a song. This this would be a great opener anywhere. And I'm glad it's on this show. We're going to tie this into the uh, franchise of ECW Wrestling back in the 90s. And their most successful uh, group that they assembled, you know, a gang, a faction, Mm -hmm. was something called the Triple Threat. And there were actually, uh, you know, consisted of three guys and and Francine, the head Mm -hmm. cheerleader, uh, led by Shane Douglas. And he was the the constant. There were a rotating bit of guys throughout the whole thing. Right. uh, this is the song that Shane would use for the triple threat and as a singles wrestler. And uh, to me, I think this is probably one, top five best, you know, entrance songs that wasn't written specifically for a wrestler. Right. Yeah, it really fits the. Uh, at the time, like when I first started watching ECW, I wasn't. I didn't really know who Shane Douglas was, honestly. Yeah. And I wasn't really that big of a fan because he seemed kind of like a jerk because yeah. he really was at the yeah. time. Yeah. And but yeah, the song fits the personality. This is like you were saying. It's like a true example of a song that gives the feel of the personality of the wrestler as he's coming to the ring. Yeah, and it also has that great extended intro played by the now late great John Lord. Yeah, you probably know what I'm going to do here. But it kind of makes you wait a little bit for it. Right. Because you're not going to come out until that music really starts kicking in, like the whole band. And that's part of the psychology. Right. So let's kick off the show here from one of the greatest comeback albums of all time, Deep Purple's Perfect Strangers album. This is Perfect Strangers.
Alright, there you go, the reunion of the Mark II lineup of Deep Purple. That was Perfect Strangers with the title track from the album, Perfect Strangers. Uh, what'd you think of that, Chris? I Yeah, love that song. When you hear that entrance, I, that's what I think of. It's usually the main event of ECW, and like you said, you're going to sit there a second. Francine's going to come out and slink to the ring. And yeah, good stuff. Awesome. Some great talent in the Triple Threat over the years. Lance yeah. Storm, Chris Candido... Bam Bam Bigelow. I think that's the the trio that I, because I didn't see them because they were already broken up by the yeah. time I started watching. But it yeah. was uh, Douglas Candido and Bam Bam was yeah. like the one that I remember the most. Yeah, and that was the most successful version too. I think they uh, had all the gold at that time at yeah. one point at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I'm so glad that there is a WWE network that we can relive all this stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I got to get into this with you, Chris, because if you're if you're a pro wrestling fan, I'm. Or if you're not a pro wrestling fan, I'm super sorry, but I have to say this. For for you fans that don't subscribe to this network, and I'm getting not a penny from the WWE <laughs> right. network, I did a great litmus test for it the other day, Chris. Okay. Okay. Speaking of ECW, and I couldn't let it go without saying this, mm-hmm. Heat Wave, 1999. Yeah. The Dudley's promo. Yeah. <laughs> Uncut. Wow. On the network. Nice. That's pretty. There's there's a lot of stuff in that. <laughs> in there? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, completely foul, the most un-PC, uncorporate language. Yeah. Uh, actions. Yeah. Like, that woman that was yelling at Bubba. There's some spitting going on. And he, she spit, he went down to ringside to yell at her. She spit in his face, and he spit right back at her. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you had to be there, but it was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) That was, because the ECW at the time, for me, that was really, that was... I think shocking may be too big of a word for it, but it was definitely I'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, I guess most people hadn't. Yeah, but that was the whole that was that's the whole reason behind yeah, ECW. But man, I I hated the Dudley Boys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, what they were doing worked. Yeah, on the and to tie it back to music, uh, the great Paul Heyman on the Rise and Fall of ECW documentary said that uh, at the time when ECW came around, WWE were the bands from Los Angeles, the Sunset Strip bands, yeah. and they were, and then ECW was Nirvana. Right. You know, yeah. they, they it, it just, it had to happen. Yeah. And and, and that's why, uh, that, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's why they were successful. Right place, right time. Yep. A yep. time when people, a lot of people want to change. Right. Uh, but getting back into some of the licensed songs, this song wasn't written specifically for this wrestler either, but this is a personal favorite of mine. I'm going to dedicate this one also to day one CNJ Radio fan, Adam mm-hmm. Arthur, over in Ohio. Hello, Adam, to you and yours. Hey, what's up, Adam? Yes. I know you're going to love this one, because uh, back when I was a kid watching wrestling, I was in my rookie year between 88 and 89 <laughs> as a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, along come this really ridiculous, crazy team of seven feet tall apiece, 300 pounds apiece. Mm. Some big dudes. They were called the Skyscrapers, made up of uh, Dangerous Danny Spivey and Sid Vicious. Not the bass player from the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Once again, I have to keep my brain over yeah. there. But anyway. I always thought that was weird when I was a kid, because yeah. I knew of them both. I was like, why... I did, I'm confused. Yeah, mm-hmm. and obviously when, when he got signed later by WWE, they, he had to change his name a little bit, yeah. so they called him Psycho Sid, yeah. for those of you who may know that. But they had one another one of those great songs that just, this is one of, as far as the groove on this song, and for those of you who are fans of this band know it, this is one of the heaviest songs this band ever did. It just, it's going to tear your head off. Uh, if you are, uh, if, if you, maybe not a pro wrestler, but if you are a boxer, or like an MMA guy, 
you may want to use this one. Yeah. It's already been taken in the wrestling world, right. but but you go ahead and have a, a run at this one because <laughs> this one's this one's great. From the amazing classic metal album Blackout by the Scorpions, this is China White.
right, there you go. No stranger to Rock Strikes 10. A perennial favorite here. The Scorpions. Well, the Scorpions. There's, that's for Logan. That was China White from the Blackout record, a personal favorite of mine. And uh, I'm assuming that Sid Vicious of the Skyscrapers had a personal affinity for this song because he actually took a line from that first verse about ruling the world. That was his catchphrase for like 20 years. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's a fan. Sounds so, like it, yeah. Yeah, but I, I love that song. It's it's it always gets me excited. It comes on the shuffle, the car's at full volume. Yeah. So there you go. Good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Let's do something completely different, Chris. All right. As we did last year, I try to find a good, uh, shall we say, roots track in the annals of pro wrestling. This song was conceived by a couple of guys as a novelty record and they wrote a song for their favorite wrestler at the time. So the the guy, the wrestler in question, really has nothing to do with the song other than it's a tribute song for him mm-hmm. that they actually were lucky enough to get him to sing on. <laughs> so uh, this was before wrestlers used theme songs. So it's not like they ever had somebody piping in this song when he came down to the ring right. during his day. But this is one of those things that he's very much remembered for now. And this is really single-handedly, I believe, thanks to... Records like the Dr. Demento collections, mm-hmm. which is the only way I could ever find this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about the late, great Hall of Famer, classy Freddie Blassie, one of the greatest villains of all time. And they wrote a song for him called Pencil Neck Geek. Yeah. And uh, that's that's my build-up for it. I'll do a little bit more when we get back. But uh, just letting you know, this one is going to sound super old, older than <laughs> stuff I play normally on the show. And that goes with the death shows, too. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's really funny, and it's it's just a fun song. So uh, sit back and relax. This is Classy Freddie Blassie, and this is his catchphrase, you pencil neck geek. Back when I was a kid, life was going swell. Till something happened, blew everything to hell. That night my daddy stumbled in, all pale and weak. Set a woman up the block, just gave birth to a geek. Mom said, sell it to the circus. What the heck? Dad said, nope, this one's a pencil neck. And if there's one thing lower than a sideshow freak, it's a gritty, scum-sucking pencil neck geek. You see, if you take a pencil that won't hold lead, looks like a pipe cleaner attached to a head. Add a buggy whip body with a brain that leaks. You got yourself a grit-eating pencil neck geek. Pencil neck geek, grit-eating freak, scum-sucking peahead with a lousy physique. He's a one-man, no-cut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. Soon the geeks were popping up all over town. You couldn't hardly sneeze without knocking one down. After a nice juicy steak, if you need a toothpick, just reach for a geek. They'll do the trick. One day we cut one up for fish bait. Learned our lesson just a little bit late. Soon as the geek hit the drink, the water turned red. Next day, sure enough, all the fish were dead. Pencil neck geek. Gritty freak, scum-sucking peahead with a lousy physique. He's a one-man, no-gut losing streak. Nothing but a pencil-neck geek.
night, you know where I can be found? Yeah, stomping some geeks head into the ground. So keep the faith, cause in Blassie you can trust. I won't give up till the last geek bites the dust. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking D-head with a lousy physique. He's a one-man, no-gut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. They say these geeks come a dime a dozen. I'm looking for the guy who's a flying a dimes. It's gonna be real hard times for all of these gritty, scum-sucking, boot-licking, drop-kicking, gut-grinding, nail-biting, glue-sniffing, scab-picking, butt-scratching, egg-hatching, sleazy, smelly, pepper-bellied, dirty, lousy, rotten, stinking freaks. Nothing but a pencil-neck geek. Pencil-neck All right, there you go. That was Classy Freddy Blassie with Pencil Neck Geek. Actually from 1975, Chris. Wow, yeah. I had heard the song before, yeah, and like when you just mentioned it, yeah, it sounds old, but I always thought it was like something they did in the 80s or something. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, a few interesting factoids. That song was written by a guy named Johnny Legend, who uh, has some ties, I know, to Blassie, but also... Apparently he was buddies with Andy Kaufman also, which I think anybody not living under a rock would know that Kaufman had a lot of pro wrestling in his career. It was in his blood for sure. And you can see Blassie and Kaufman in a a short film called My Breakfast with Blassie, which is much like the uh my dinner with andre but this one's super improvised yeah. and coffin even gets into like some racist stuff yeah. <laughs> it's really weird you got to see it to believe it but I, apparently uh blassie did an entire full-length album with really? these guys wow that's yeah. awesome in 1983 it said rhino records put out a freddie blassie album called i bite the songs <laughs> okay so i have to uh, th- that's gonna be that's a vinyl white whale for me right yeah. now i got i gotta get it that's cool i wonder if it's all like that semi-spoken word thing that he was doing in that probably. one probably yeah. fun fact also about pencil neck geek the guitar player on that song is a gentleman by the name of billy zoom billy zoom is the uh, still current lead guitar player for the great Los Angeles band X. Oh, really? Yeah. So there you go. There's that great, that great uh, psychobilly twang in there. That's yeah. uh, that's him for sure. So fun stuff. I see. I learn stuff when I do this show. Yeah. That's another reason why I do it. <laughs> uh, this is we're gonna kind of bring it up a little bit more. Kind of staying with the comedy a little bit, but also getting back into the rock thing. This is a little bit of both, in my opinion. It is. Okay. I'm sure the intention was serious with some fun, but in retrospect, it's a little bit goofier than a, it had in its release, in my opinion, especially if you go YouTube the actual video for this particular cover song. Okay. We mentioned on last year's Rock and Wrestling Strikes 10 episode that uh, Rick Derringer had a lot to do with uh, how music and wrestling came together in the 80s. Uh-huh. He produced the first two wrestling albums, and uh, arguably the most recognizable theme song of all time is Real American, yeah. which he wrote for, uh, not actually originally for Hulk Hogan, but it wound up being Hulk Hogan's theme song, and mm-hmm. still is to this day. So Rick Derringer played a big part in the rock and wrestling connection back in the 80s. Uh, they had him do quite a few more songs on those albums, besides just producing. 
This one I always remember because I actually had the Pile Driver Wrestling Album Volume Two on cassette, even though it came in a record sleeve size case. Yeah, they had a cassette just kind of taped to the oh, front yeah, cover. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like he wrote the the great Demolition theme song on that record, which we played last year, and some other things. But this one right here. I don't know whose idea this was, but I'm kind of glad that they let it happen because uh, on the first wrestling album, the Hall of Fame announcer and interviewer, Mean Gene Okerlund, which I know know you're not a big fan of, Chris. (laughs) He's fine. He's just (laughs) on the show. I like the guy, but his character is a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. People love him and people don't see it, but he's a, he's a, he's a, a very, um, He's very good at hiding his jerkiness. <laughs> yeah. I noticed I've been watching a lot more of the early Nitros uh, from the mid-90s on the WWE Network. There's another plug. And Gene kind of gets away from that whole persona a little bit. Like, especially when like guys like Flair, Ric Flair, come out. Yeah. He kind of gets into more of that nighttime, you know, shitty right. dude kind of traveler guy. Yeah. Like, he just kind of doesn't hold it back anymore when he's under Ted Turner's watch. Right. But, it's, it's funny to see. But anyway, getting back into the music, Mean Gene Okerlund kind of fancied himself as a singer, apparently, because on the first wrestling album, he did a cover of Tutti Frutti, which yeah. became his his signature piece. Yes, it did. And he even went as far as to perform that song live on the live Tuesday Night Titan show mm-hmm. in the 80s, which is a is an infamous clip, because you can easily find it on YouTube, and Hulk Hogan plays the bass guitar on the track, <laughs> yeah. and even gets a solo, <laughs> yeah. a bass solo bass right solo. in the middle of the jam. <laughs> but, you know, Gene, you know, he, he's all right. You know, obviously he's not going to make it as a professional singer, but, you know, he can hold a tune. Right. He can, he can carry a note in a tune, and they were like, hey, Rick Derringer's here. Let's cover Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. <laughs> and here are the results. <laughs>
Not not so much a slight contender for the Golden Throat series. <laughs> I think it's a just a bit of a step above, honestly. But <laughs> there you go. That was Mean Gene Oakland with Rick Derringer doing a, I guess, a half cover, if you will, of Rock and Roll Hoochie right. Coo. Yeah. So you've never heard that before, Chris. What was it? Better or worse than you thought it was going to be? It was. Um. It, it was better. Yeah. Because, like you said, it. He goes for it. He like he yeah that he, note. I can't yeah. hit that note. <laughs> he he Gene goes like he tries to sing it straight. Like it's not. I don't. It doesn't seem like he did it as a comedy bit. Yeah. But it's funny because because I know what Gene looks like and it's still just kind of goofy. But. I'm trying to picture the session. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but there was a lot of yeah. alcohol. But no, it was it was it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the surprise was the note. Once yeah. again, I can't do that. Right. I, I tried it one night. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's maybe get back into the series a little bit. Let's get some more of the straight ahead rock and roll. Uh, sure. WNBC. All right. And uh, once again, on last year's episode, we tried to do this to where we found people that make their trade and living as pro wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, that also have a lot of the music bug inside of them. Right. And whether uh, and the ones that have that that try to do both things, they definitely do it for the love because. A lot of them are just independent artists. I mean, even up to a point, up until very recently, I mean, Fozzie, Chris Jericho's yeah. band, they were they were you know they were on Megaforce when they first started, which is a big indie, you know, with major distribution. But right. they've always been kind of an indie band because they really do it on their own. Yeah, and they just recently got onto like Nuclear Blast, and now they're playing even bigger shows than they were, and they were already playing big right. shows. Well, and they kind of had an end too, anyway, because of the, his band. Yeah, they stuck mojo. Was yeah, yeah, they were already on a major label yeah. when they first met, so they they they've been around it. But like mm. you know, I tried to find the, those independent artists. Right. You know, if you're a big modern country music fan, even Mickey James, yeah. she has country albums out. Uh, we're not going to play that, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> nothing, nothing against country, but uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, representing the latest generation. I think pretty much the latest generation of, of talent. Uh, yeah. At least within the last ten, fifteen years. Right. Uh, some very, very highly talented guys. Uh, a guy named Petey Williams, who's a Canadian gent, and also uh, these guys called, uh, formerly known as the Murder City Machine Guns, mm-hmm. and then they got signed to TNA, and they were the Motor City Machine Guns for mm-hmm. marketing purposes. Yes. And uh, they put this band together, like a few years ago, called the High Crusade. Uh, you know, like just straight ahead, kind of rock and roll with alternative and punk leanings. Right. 
and uh, I think they put together some good music, and I was already excited to hear it anyway, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I wasn't too disappointed at all. Yeah, they, 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 they sound pretty good. Yeah. So... I'm going to go ahead. We're going to promote some independent artists here on the show. Indie wrestlers, too, by, yes. you know, for the most part. I mean, some I of the best mean. wrestling you'll ever see from the last 10 or 15 years are out of guys like this. Yeah. And like uh, I said, them and their ilk, they're, it's surrounding them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, check it out. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban on bass guitar, Alex Shelley on lead vocals and Petey Williams on uh, one guitar, and then two of their friends, I guess. I I, I don't know them as pro wrestlers, okay. so I'm assuming they're just local friends of theirs. Chris Plum and Alex Tetro uh, rounding up the lineup there, so check it out. And uh, this is the High Crusade with Whatever's Real. <laughs> There you go. That was Whatever's Real by The High Crusade. 
If you like that, just support them directly. Go to thehighcrusade.com. That's thehighcrusade.com. You can get their full-length album for $7, Chris. Not bad. They'll send you the physical, and they'll immediately send you the MP3s. That's pretty cool. It's a great deal. Yeah. And uh, that's their only full-length so far. Apparently, they're working on at least an EP for the next go-round, so we'll see what happens. You know, it's tough getting a budget when you're an independent artist. You yeah, know? So, like you said, they're just doing it for the love, so I'm yeah. sure they're like pulling favors and stuff to get recordings done. So Yeah, yeah. so anyway, I wish those guys luck, and uh, go support them. If they come to your town as independent wrestlers, go support them as well. Buy their stuff. That's yeah. that's how they make a living. Right. So, All right, this one will be a layup here, Chris. Let's go with a guy who's had, uh, I think, a good standing in the pro wrestling community ever since he's been out. I can imagine how many independent wrestlers have used his songs over the years. I know for a fact that a lot of them have, and there's probably a ton I don't even know about. And a guy who's even been made an official... Uh, you know, theme song guy by the WWE, which doesn't happen a lot with outside artists. They uh, usually don't use a, anything for an extended period of time, right? Because they have to pay him money, right? <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think he's an old school fan more so than a new school fan. But uh, the great Rob Zombie, hmm. one of uh, Rock's true Renaissance men, got a new movie coming out this year, by the way. So, uh, oh yeah, looking forward yeah. to that. Thirty One, I think it's called. Yeah, Something I think like so. That. I haven't really seen much about it. Yeah, but I'm always interested. I may not like all his movies all that much, but I do like some of them quite a bit. Yeah. So. Even, even like, you know, like the, his original material. Right. Even if it's just kind of, hmm, it's at least interesting. I That's always like, want to watch it. Yeah. yeah it's never boring. <laughs> so uh, back in 2002, they were giving a nice singles push for a guy who'd been long known as a tag team wrestler, a guy by the name of Edge who is, is actually now a WWE Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, unfortunately, a neck injury ended his career at yeah. a young age. But, you know, don't feel too bad for him because, uh, you know, he's doing great. He's got a he's got a family. He's got a, a regular acting gig. He's on, on that. TV Haven yeah. on the Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. Thank you, Chris. I was... It's like Haven, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch it. I haven't, I haven't, I, I it haven't watched it myself either, but yeah. uh, it's pretty good. I, I've, I've heard it's good, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, a nice little push, uh, that little extra oomph uh, to kick off Edge's singles career was to get a Rob Zombie song, you know, uh, whenever, especially Rob was like really just like one of the biggest stars in rock and roll right. at the time, you know. So this was uh, the first time I ever heard anything off this album, which I was happy to hear. So if you watch Monday Night Raw, you got a nice preview of the Sinister Urge album that hadn't even come out yet. Yeah. So uh, this is a cool song, still one of my favorites of Rob's, probably for the association, but yeah. uh here you go, this is Rob Zombie with Never Gonna Stop. Use my body to keep you alive.
right, there you go. That was Rob Zombie with Never Gonna Stop. And in uh, parentheses, the Red Red Kruvy. I yes. have no idea what that means. Uh, it's, whatever. It's said quite a bit throughout the song. Yeah. And I'm, I was actually wrong. I'm, I'm remembering now it's 2001, not 2002. And I remember that because uh, not only does that video have a, a post-9-11 American flag motif throughout the video, mm. but... It also has something that was actually done in a video before that, but it's a little more obvious that it's a tribute to a Clockwork Orange. Does so, it? Yeah. I don't really remember the video that well. Yeah, they're blatant about the Clockwork Orange really? milk bar scenes that they recreated. Oh, okay. So, yeah. With the Rob Zombie twist. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, of course. Of course, the best tribute, I think, to Clockwork Orange has to be yeah, Blur. The, the Universal yeah. by Blur. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm uh, going to throw in another oddball, but, you know, of modern times this time-ish. Uh, ba- a band that I kind of found, and, and you would probably not realize this if you know this band, but I, I was a massive fan of this band. I still like them a lot. They were uh, they put out three records, and then they broke up. But Soul Coughing, I really like Soul Coughing. <laughs> I love Soul Coughing, yeah. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to actually see them on their last tour. Uh, that's awesome. Not knowing that it was going to be their last tour. Yeah. So I should have really uh, physically dragged you out to that one, Chris. But uh, no, uh, yeah. Uh, but on their sophomore album, "Irresistible Bliss," which I love that title because it's obviously a nod to Prince's "Irresistible Bitch." Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the song that was actually probably a lot of people heard them for the first time with this song. It got some minor airplay, and I always think now of ECW wrestling when I hear this song, much like "Perfect Strangers" yeah. or some of those other songs. But this song here, "Super Bon Bon." was used uh, for the entrance of probably one of the most unique and odd couple tag teams ever. Yeah. Go ahead and elaborate on that, Chris. Uh, yeah, a guy named Danny Doring and his partner... Dastardly. Road, dastardly Danny Doring, yeah. <laughs> and his partner, Roadkill. Danny Doring was not a ladies' man, but he thought he was, and he was really gross and dirty about it. Yeah. Like, But he thought it was awesome, like slick back hair and his moves Oakley's, were, you know. Yeah, yeah, his moves were named after, like, just gross. Oh, like, God, yeah. The, uh, I could do it. I could whip off a few here. Yeah. The, the panty drop. Yeah. Uh, the bareback. Yeah. God, I'm leaving a good one out, I'm sure. Yeah. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, of yeah. course. You know, you so, have to the, yeah. so you can, you can kind of get the picture of what this guy was like. Yeah. And then his partner, Roadkill, was a gigantic Amish guy. Yeah. Like, road, uh, Amish Roadkill was his full name, I suppose. Yeah. And the only word he ever said was chickens. Yeah. That's it. He never said anything else. That was the, he was, he, it was the period at the end of the interview promo. Yeah. Was he would just walk up to the camera and chickens yeah and then so, kind of hiss a little bit yeah because Doring would cut this long promo roadkill would say chickens and then they'd cut yeah and people like, loved them yeah they were we so weird because <laughs> it seems like they were guys that they were trained in ecw's like home house of hardcore ha- yeah the house yeah. of hardcore the the like home school kind of thing about homeschool yeah <laughs> The the like in, might have been homeschool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the in-house training thing. So yeah. and just seems like they just didn't know what to do with them. So they're like, just go tag, yeah, and it exactly. it blew up. They they did really well. I just had a thought. I'd never even made the correlation here, but I got a feeling maybe the in the, the inspiration for that tag team was the movie Kingpin. Yeah, it's it like could a be. shitty dude and an Amish guy, yeah, right? It could be. Yeah. yeah okay. I see that. Yeah, you feeling it? Yeah, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> well, while we're pondering that, let's listen to their awesome theme song. 
a little bit more hip-hop influence than you're used to hearing on Rock Strikes Tim, but if you're a long-time friend, you know that we are all-encompassing and non-separatists. So enjoy this. Nice groove on here. This is Soul Coughing with Super Bon Bon. There you go, Super Bon Bon from the Irresistible Bliss album. And I believe that was from like 96, somewhere around there, 95, 96. And, uh, but, you know, free publicity for soul coughing for all those years it was on an ECW television. 
And I don't know if they're happy with the association, <laughs> but hey, who knows? I, I think know. that was actually, that was probably the first entrance song we heard from the first ECW pay-per-view we watched. I think so. Because I remember it being a tag match that Doring and Roadkill were in, yeah. and I believe they were the first ones introduced. So That's, that's probably right. first for us. Yeah. yeah, so the first two songs we heard were that and Big Balls, I think. Yeah, I think so. Balls yeah. and Axles. Whereas, staying with the ECW theme, uh, a long time... Basically, one of the icons, if you will, of ECW was a guy named Sandman. Not the uh, fictional character from the Neil Gaiman graphic yeah. novels that you're used to. This is a completely different, altogether character. Yeah. Like, you couldn't be more opposite, I yeah. think, than the two. But he he adopted this name, Sandman. Extremely popular with the fans. With the what ECW is known for as a completely crazy, ridiculous, hardcore, anti-establishment federation, even though it was much more than that. There was a lot of great actual amateur wrestling there, too. But Sandman was one of those guys. He was uh, not in the best shape, (laughs) average size. That's very nice. Nice way to put that. (laughs) white, White guy that swung a kendo stick that wore Zubas way longer than anybody should have been allowed to. And he drank a lot. Yeah. On camera, mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. Is that he started out in the back of the crowd and opened how many cans of beers between the back of the crowd and the ring? It just depended on how long it took him to get there, which yeah. took forever every single time. And we hate, I hated it. Right. I was like, get to the ring for <laughs> God's sake! It was it basically it did become a weird rock concert whenever yeah. Sam came out, and you know we're definitely in the minority here because he was super popular, yeah. but. Uh, obviously, his theme song was Inner Sandman. And yeah. when, when he was in the company, they, of course, used Metallica's Inner Sandman for him to come out. So knowing that that song is like, you know, a good five minutes and yeah. something, it feels like ten. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he would you'd take, like, the entire song to get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the song had to end yeah. for his whole thing to end. Yeah. So that was it. And uh, when the ECW put out their own soundtrack, around 98, 99... It was a great collection of metal artists. You should definitely check this out. It's called ECW Extreme Music. I've played some songs from it on the show before, mm-hmm. uh, including like the Pantera guys doing Heard It on the X and stuff like that. Uh, so, obviously not being able to get the rights to the original version of Inner Sandman, the label that put it out, CMC, actually had a contract with Motorhead at the time. So someone came up with the brilliant idea of, let's have Motorhead cover Inner Sandman mm-hmm. for the ECW soundtrack. And here you go.
performance that weirdly enough 
garnered them one of their many Grammy nominations. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Wow, all right. That was Lemmy and the Boys, Lemmy, Phil, and Mickey Motorhead with their cover of Metallica's classic, Inner Sandman. That's a classic now. Yeah, yeah. Considered. I, I mean, so. it's, it's like 25 years old. Yeah. It's, it's weird to say, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, Motorhead can do no wrong, so why not? And, of course, massive tie into the wrestling community with Motorhead. They've only yeah. done three songs for Triple H over the years right. and performed at two WrestleManias. Yeah, it's true. I'll never forget that night when I was like, wouldn't that be so cool, but they'll never do it. Yeah. And then WrestleMania 17, Houston, Texas, and we hear Motorhead going, yeah. <laughs> ah, good stuff. And fun fact, uh, Triple H has never won yeah, <laughs> uh, he didn't win either of those matches, which is odd. Yeah, that's <laughs> anyway. right. The second time they showed up, I was like, "Well, Triple H is gonna lose." Yeah, and he did. <laughs> yeah, and then Lemmy even says, "We're not showing up until we know he's winning again." Yeah. So uh, who knows? Uh, anyway, we'll see. At maybe tomorrow because mm-hmm. we're this is WrestleMania Eve for us. Yeah. So and you should be hearing this on the day of WrestleMania. So we got two more songs left, Chris. Uh, Back the first ever time myself and Chris started podcasting, we actually did an all-pro wrestling show called The Wrestling House Show, mm-hmm. and I believe it's still alive. It'll, it'll be back. Yeah. Schedule's pending. Uh, we're rebranding it and all that good stuff. Right. I, I even said that last year, but once it gets going, it's <laughs> going to be it's gonna be a monster. Yeah. I You have no idea how many cool things, not just in the podcasting world, that we have planned for Wrestling House Show. Right. It's going to be massive, and I truly believe that. When it came time to pick a theme song, only one thing entered my head, Chris. And I was like, we have to use something by Dope. Uh, I, I really like Dope, and, you know, people qualify, uh, you know, it may even sound like I'm qualifying, but that particular era, that style, that new metal style, mm. I don't think anybody has done or does it better still than a band like Dope. For some reason, I yeah. just like them a lot. Yeah, I like him. You're a bigger fan than I am, but yeah. I, I I like him all right. And yeah, I don't like new metal. Yeah, like yeah. I don't like at all. But yeah. I like I like some of dope stuff. Yeah, and uh, they just it's they have a song called Motivation, and that's exactly what I feel when I hear their stuff. Yeah, you have to be in like a fifth dimension of pissed off <laughs> and turning this stuff up at twenty. Yeah, and you'll get that full experience. Yeah. And you know they're cool guys. The other thing I like about them is that they get tagged with a new metal thing. But that guy Edsel can write a song. Uh, there are songs on those records that have really good pop sensibility. So I think yeah. that's where that intangible comes from that makes me respond to them so much. Right. Uh, and I'd love to have Edsel on the show. So uh, he's invited. I'm going to try to reach out to him at some point. But long story long. I picked out a theme song. I I immediately I had to I forced this on Chris. I'm like, we have to use now <laughs> is the time because I remember seeing a Steve so called Steve Austin vignette where they use now is the time, and I was oh, like, this yeah. is perfect. Yeah. And it's just yeah. So we listen to the Wrestling House Show archives. It kicks off every episode, and I was really happy when I found out that WWE had used dope to perform a song on their Forcible Entry soundtrack back in 2001. And when I heard they are going to be on, I'm like, that's great, because, you know, they actually came up with the ECW guys, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had used one of their songs for a guy named Rhino, the song Debonair, which is a really cool song as yeah. well, maybe on Volume 3. But mm-hmm. uh, 
I heard that they were going to do a remake of the Chairman's theme song. Yeah. Vince McMahon has this song called No Chance in Hell that he's been using since 1999. Yeah. And even after two years, I was very sick of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, because it was the theme for a pay-per-view. It wasn't even his yeah. song technically at first. Yeah, and then it became his theme song yeah. when he became a wrestler. Yes. Yeah. This 55-year-old man became a wrestler on a good amount of pay-per-views after a, a little bit there. Yeah. And that was his theme song. I've, I'd heard that they had uh, commissioned Dope to do a cover of it. And I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. And when I heard it, finally, it was everything I could have hoped for and then some. Yeah. So I have to play it on this show. So <laughs> from the Forcible Entry soundtrack, this is Dope with No Chance. Yeah. 
All right, there you go. That was Dope with No Chance, Vince McMahon's old theme. And not once did they ever actually have them use that on television. And yeah. I think that's a crime. Yeah. Because I can't stand the original version, especially since this one came out. I really can't stand <laughs> right. the original version. Uh, it's fine for a wrestling theme, I guess. Yeah, but this 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 is this is the best. This yeah. this trumps that version by a galaxy and a half. So, <laughs> uh, got to do this one for sure. And the only reason I didn't do it last year is because, like I said, we had to directly associate somebody on the track. I think, but this one is kind of going down now as one of the greatest themes uh, the association the history of it what it means that it even got used in the first place uh and uh, once again we referenced motorhead at wrestlemania 17 back at wrestlemania 29 the new york new jersey one uh the band actually showed up to perform it live and i was super pumped up for that it was a big surprise to me anyway i was like whoa yeah like hey look at who's on the stage they're very good about keeping the band secret like with the the internet nowadays there's almost like zero surprises but the bands always seem to be a surprise they kind of stay off the radar and then they just show up and they they get in there real quiet yeah but uh yeah when living color showed up to play cm punk to the ring and to cult of personality that was a moment right and for those of you who are fans of pro wrestling there's a lot of weird ramifications that go with the corporate side of things the way they run it in WWE, they'd rather not use licensed music because it costs them a lot of money. It's right. a cost-effectiveness thing, and they, they have an in-house composer. They'd rather just use him, and I totally get that. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I, yeah. And when his songs do become weird hits, then they get all the money. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's in their best interest to not promote other bands that they don't own the music rights to. Right. That being said, CM Punk had become a very popular cult favorite even though he had had a lot of success in the company even winning their world title yeah it always seemed like he was always fighting the company and it's it's been well documented in documentaries and things such as that Mm. so there was a time when he was supposedly and who knows if this is real or not but he was supposedly gonna leave the company and never return Right. And he even they even managed to, I guess, put a nice bargaining chip on the table by putting the belt on him again. Right. At the time when he leaves. Mm-hmm. He went he literally like won the belt. It was amazing. He won the belt on a big pay per view, walked through the crowd, through the front door, took the subway back with the fans, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. In Chicago. Yeah, but he showed up two weeks later. He shows up <laughs> two weeks later. But it was weird because they basically acted like he didn't win the title. They had almost yeah. they gone into that. We're not going to mention him because he's not employed anymore, and that's what goes on. Yeah. So they were kind of trying to swerve the fans by doing that. They even had the minute they crowned a brand new champion in his place, mm-hmm. all of a sudden CM Punk shows back up with his title, like I'm the real champion. And then when he comes out, uh, it goes to like white noise static, and you hear Cult of Personality yeah. by Living Color. And somebody, I remember somebody hearing on on a wrestling interview show, I think it was on Art of Wrestling, and he said, the minute I heard Cult of Personality, I knew the punk got everything he wanted in his contract. <laughs> right. Because that's not anything they were wanting to do. Yeah. <laughs> they had to write a big fat check to Living Color just because Punk wanted it that way. Yeah. I guess he used to use the song here and there back in his indie days or something I like that. So. That's I'm what I had sure. heard at a point, but who knows. But uh, it's always going to be... Not always. To those of you who have a personal history with this song that aren't wrestling fans, you have your own personal history of this song. But when stuff like this happens and a song like this 
comes out of nowhere it takes on a whole new life right because we're going to hear it every week again yeah <laughs> so exactly that's another thing about it so it, it goes to that side of the brain too i have two sides of my entertainment brain right music and wrestling so it, it satisfies both <laughs> and we're going to close off the show here can you think of a better way chris no yeah. i can't i mean that's like you said it's it like we were talking about at the beginning of the show it fits perfectly for the guy i mean he handpicked it so obviously but i mean the, the the words the the feel of the song everything so and the fact that like you said he they don't use licensed songs and his rebellious nature and not always fighting i mean that's just another layer to it so yeah i mean it's always it's this is his song now for ever and ever in yeah. my brain yeah, and I love that they're really cool about it too. Like they're they're very happy about the association. Yeah, like I said, enough to play WrestleMania. You know, it's it's good work if you can get it. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, as we like to do here on Rock Strikes Ten, not going to go too obvious. I mean, nothing wrong with that original. It's 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 now a classic at this point as well. Uh, but from the same album, but from the remaster reissued version of mm-hmm. Vivid, going to play a really good live version of Cult of Personality to close off the show. So here you go. Turn this one up.
All right, there you go. Closing off the show. Great epic live version of Cult of Personality. And you can get that, like I said, on the reissue, remastered version of their huge album there, Vivid. Still their biggest success. But Living Color is still out there, still doing it. And when we talk about the love, it's definitely about the love. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm blown up, Chris. I'm, I'm ready to take off for the night. How about yourself? I, yeah, it's good. I'm, it's, it's good, though. I, I like doing this before. It's WrestleMania isn't just a show anymore. It's a week, and it's an event. And, I mean, we kind of have our own stuff that we do to kind of get in the groove for it as well, and this is part of it now. Yeah, a new tradition. Yeah. And, oh, man, how big is it going to be next year? Yeah. It's going to be here. Right. I mean, we are like 10 minutes away from Cowboy Stadium yeah. where WrestleMania 32 is going to be next year. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm already excited thinking about it. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get out of here. I hope all of you all over the world, whether you're a pro wrestling fan or not, enjoyed this show. I'd love to especially hear from the non-fan and what right. you think of it. Not, not that I don't want to hear from the regular friends. I know some of the regular friends are fans. So it's all nice. It's all encompassing. So thanks a lot for that. Please go to rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com where you can see the links to the Facebook, the Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, comment on the page when I post the show. All the comments are there. I like when you guys do that. And we'll see you on the next one. I have no idea what I'm going to do. But uh, I'm always open to suggestion. Usually I get inspiration. I don't, I don't need any more negative death inspiration we need something Uh-oh, positive yeah. next time around so this was a nice uh getting back into the fun so yeah. thanks again for coming along to ride with me this week chris and everybody out there see you on the next one. Oh yeah and i almost forgot extra special thanks to space beard for the outro song always great go to facebook.com slash space band for more info like them and tell them that rock strikes 10 cents you they're going to take us out take it away guys have fun <laughs>